0: Now that doesn't mean that if you believe in Jesus, God will give you everything you ever asked for because that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, believe in me. Listen, you have to believe in him to abide in him, but you can believe in him and not abide in him. And you can believe in him and his words are not abiding in you. See, Jesus isn't offering a blank sign check for whatever you want. He is offering you the ability and the opportunity for Jesus to transform your life so that the things that you want are the things that God wants for you.
1: There's different approaches to Christianity in this world. Some believe in Jesus to get things. They see him as a grantor of wishes. Others view Jesus as a backup plan, fire insurance against hell. But that's where the relationship ends. Pastor Daniel will remind you today that these approaches are far from what Jesus desires. He wants you to abide in him, meaning he wants a deep and growing relationship with you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel as he continues his message called Our Fruit in John chapter 15.
0: the lead up to her birthday, all Annabelle said she wanted for her birthday. She said, I just want everyone to be together. I don't want anyone to have to go to school. I want anyone to go to work. I just want us to be together. And so we kind of designed Annabelle's birthday around this theme of we're all just going to be together. And in the morning after, you know, she opened up a couple of gifts and we were all sitting there and, and we were just talking, I looked around and I just thought to myself, this is what this house was created for. To be the place where my family grows together, and they were laughing, and you know, you know, Annabelle is seven, and Maranatha is almost 13, and Obadiah is almost 16, and Lynn and I, and just the interaction that happens... You know, and it's just such an important reminder that really the beauty of a house is the fact that it becomes a home where there are memories made, where people grow up there. And and I bring this up because we're doing this series that's called Restoration, and we've been looking at how in this new year, after all that went on last year, God wants to do a little bit of work of renovating and restoring And in a lot of ways, I'm aware that we're all rental projects, aren't we? We're all fixer-uppers. There's all of us that we have these things that are in our life that God's like, hey, I need to do a work here. I want to do a work here. Will you let me do a work here? And there's no doubt right now, it's time for God to bring restoration to some of the things that have been broken. And we've been looking about how, you know, God wants to restore our souls and he wants to restore our families, both our individual families and our church family, and also how God wants to restore our communities Really today, I want to kind of shift a little bit to the fruit that God wants to bear in and through the Crossroads family. And anytime I start thinking about fruit bearing, I always think of the exact same passage. If you know the Bible at all, you probably thought about it as well. And that's John chapter 15. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 8 together, a very beautiful, classic chapter. So if you have a Bible, open up that fourth gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of course, chapter 15 is still between chapters 14 and 16. They haven't reordered the number system yet, but they might. You never know what will happen. John chapter 15, verse 1 says this. It says, "'I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away.' And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Now, right away from the beginning, these first number of verses, really we learn something really important is that it's all about the fruit, right? Like if you have a fruit tree, the fruit tree is only as good as the fruit that it produces. And really in this passage, what we realize is that what God is really most interested in is this fruit that he wants to bear in the lives of the people of God. And Jesus begins to kind of unpack this for us, where in verse one it says that I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And so Jesus is this tree, he's this vine, and the father is the one who is the caretaker of the vine, who who has a purpose in what he's trying to do. It says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it might bear more fruit. Now in verse two it's a little complicated because some translations say every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and other translation says, or he lifts up. They're, the Greek language is a little bit, you can interpret it in a number of different ways. And really what he's saying is that Jesus is the trunk and then there are these branches. And if a branch doesn't bear fruit, either the vine dresser takes it away. That's one way you can interpret it. Or he pushes it forward so that he helps it and supports it so that it can bear fruit. And then he says, if a branch is bearing fruit, then he says he prunes it, so he cuts away some of the shoots that it might bear more fruit. And then he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And so really what we see right away is that Jesus as the true vine and the father as the vine dresser, the vine dresser's only concern is... Bearing fruit. For the one that isn't bearing fruit, either he removes it or he lifts it up and supports it so that it'll bear fruit. And for the ones that are bearing fruit, he's going to prune it that it might bear more fruit. Now, obviously, you know, if you're bearing fruit and God is pruning in your life, nobody really enjoys it unless you remember It's all about the fruit. I remember, and I've learned this. I'm not a great gardener by any stretch of the means. But, you know, in caring for our home, you know, we would always say like, oh, if you want to change this, here's what you do. Right as these hydrangeas start growing, I want you to cut them. And then obviously you get two shoots where there's one. And you learn all these different things about it. And so that idea of pruning for the plant isn't exactly fun. But if you remember that it's all about the fruit... Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's purpose in some of what God is doing right now. And of course, Jesus says something very similar in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 20, where he says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. And so, really what Jesus is saying is, you will know those who are Jesus's by the fruit that is born. Now, in the same way, as we've looked at our mission to simply respond to Jesus, and as we look at, you know, our vision that, because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community, our world. As we, as we live our lives through that Dr. Mr. framework, devotional, relational, missional, and reproducible, all that stuff is fine, but really you realize, is this really worth it or working, or should we be doing this based on what fruit is it bearing? Now, from there, if we pick up now in verse 4 of John chapter 15... Jesus explains more how this fruit is born. Listen to what it says, verse four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, really what we learned here is that if it's all about the fruit, then it's all about abiding. It's all about abiding. Now that word abiding, you know, we think, well, what does it mean to abide? It means to stay rooted. And the picture, of course, is Jesus is the vine. So so Jesus is the trunk. And the father is the vine dresser. He is the gardener who has a purpose in what he's planting. And now we learn that we need to abide in Jesus because Jesus is the vine and we get to be the branches. Now, you have to remember that the fruit is actually born on the branches not on the trunk. I've never seen an apple tree with apples coming out of the trunk. There's these shoots, these branches that come out and then they become fruitful. Now, if we want our lives to be fruitful because it's all about the fruit, if we realize that Jesus has redeemed each one of us and placed us into the people of God so that we would bear fruit, how do we bear fruit? And it's simply by this simple act of abiding, right? Now, notice what it says. Abide in me, and I and you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, really what he's saying here is that the branch separated off from the nourishment that comes from the trunk and the root system, on its own cannot bear fruit. But If it abides, if it stays connected to where the power is, now all of a sudden fruit gets born. And let's just be honest. One of the hardest things in our lives as Christians is to abide in Jesus, to stay rooted in Jesus. And the reason is, is because we all have so many things going on in our lives. There's so many circumstances and situations. There's so many things that need our attention. In the midst of it. And then we all have all of our own struggles or all of our own temptations. And so really what we find here is that in the midst of a world full of distractions and struggles and temptations, things that grab our attention, our job is even as all those things go on, we need to stay rooted. We need to make sure that we are connected to where the power is. There's an old church saying you need to stay under the spout where the blessings come out right? It's a different picture, but in the same idea. A branch that is not connected to the trunk ultimately ends up withering. And that's exactly what Jesus says. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, that's some significant language, but it's true because I do this in my backyard with my trees. When when branches fall off the trees, they start to die, so I collect them up. Now, I don't burn them, but some of you do cuz some of we, you know, we, we can burn some of our yard waste. I put them in the yard waste recycling can, and they come every other week and they take it all away. Because I realize that those branches, if they're not connected to the vine, they're not going to have fruit on it, they're not going to grow, and they just wither away. And ultimately, if you just leave them in your yard, they just begin to decompose over time. And that's exactly what happens to a person who does not abide in Jesus. And so the key for all of us is to not only say yes to Jesus and put our faith and trust in Jesus, but then to continually abide in Jesus every single day. The fruit that God wants to bear in our life is when we continue to abide in Jesus. Now, we all know this. Science tells us, of course, that really we have growth when we have consistency, Right. So it's the idea that if you go on like the next fad diet and, you know, and and you do it for a little bit and then you go right back to the way you used to be or people who get different surgeries to try and deal with some of these things. If you don't have a lifestyle change, then these things all just come back over time. And because it shows that really the growth really comes from consistency. And for each one of us, we need to consistently abide in Jesus. We need to make sure that every single day we are rooted in the things of Jesus. That we are simply responding to Jesus. That we are worshiping Jesus. Because the only way for us to bear fruit is if we abide in Jesus. I mean, listen to what Jesus says. I love that Jesus is so specific with us. Look at verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now, what he's saying there is, without me, you cannot bear fruit that glorifies the Father. He's not saying that if you don't believe in me, you can't do anything, because there's all sorts of people who don't believe in Jesus, who do all sorts of things. What he's saying is, we're talking about eternal fruit. We're talking about things that last, not just temporary things. We're talking about eternal things. And the only fruit that glorifies the Father is the fruit that is born from abiding in Jesus, because Jesus is... The only one who pleases the Father in totality. And so I want to make sure there's a saying that I've heard and I've always have to remind myself that the problem is not, you know, not being successful. The bigger problem is being successful at things that don't really matter. And I always have to think about that because I'm like, if I only get one life to live right? One life, this side of eternity. And I do realize one life to live is an old school soap opera for those of you who've been around the TV since the 80s and the 70s, right? But the thing is, if you only live once this side of eternity, then you want to make sure that whatever it is that you are successful in actually really matters. And it has that eternal fruitfulness to it. And Jesus is saying, listen, unless you abide in me because I am the vine, you can't do anything. You can do lots of stuff, but it has no eternal value. And we have to make sure that we are living in light of eternity not just the next couple of days or years. The apostle John said it this way first John chapter 2 verses 5 and 6. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. Now, I think the Apostle John just gives us like such a great nugget for this idea of it's all about abiding because he's saying whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. So really, that's the question. You want to know if you're abiding. Am I walking through the world in the same way that Jesus would walk through the world? Am I walking through this situation that I find myself in, in the exact same way that I believe Jesus would have walked? And in a lot of ways, that is the great question of what Christian ethics could be. There were the old bracelets, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Listen, that's a great question because you know you're abiding in Jesus if you walk as you believe Jesus would have walked in the same situation. And it's amazing how when you are talking to people about life, that when you bring this idea up, how quickly people are like, oh. Because oftentimes in our minds, we convince ourselves that this is the right way to do it, or it's what we really want, or we have people around us who are saying, hey, is that, like, that's how you should do it. And then you go to do it, and if you you don't even ask, well, if Jesus was in this situation, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle it? Right? Because you know that you abide in him when you walk just as Jesus would have walked. Why? Because you're abiding in him. And you're getting your power and your nourishment, not from our minds or our cultures or even our preferences. We're getting them from the Lord himself because we are connected to him. I always think of that that picture of abiding, of being umbilically connected to to Jesus. Just the way like an unborn child is connected umbilically to their mother. That child's ability to survive and to thrive and to grow is Completely and totally dependent upon their mother. And in the exact same way, we abide in Jesus where the only way for us to be truly nourished, not only to survive, but to thrive, to come into the fullness of our potential, is for us to be umbilically connected to Jesus. So that Jesus, the nourishment of who he is, his power, his life, now all of a sudden is flowing into us through the finished work of of the cross and through the spirit. And now all of a sudden then we start to, to grow and we bear this beautiful fruit. So it's all about the fruit, and that fruit is born through abiding. Now, ultimately, what do we call this whole process? And really what's beautiful is, listen to verses 7 and 8 of John 15. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. See, listen, this whole process, it tells us it's all about discipleship. It's all about discipleship because Jesus says, listen, if I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Now think about how powerful that is. He's saying, if you stay umbilically connected to me, right? That we're, we're unified. We are one and my words, are abiding in you, then whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. Now, how is that possible? Of course, because the Bible says if you delight yourself, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't mean that if you believe in Jesus, God will give you everything you ever asked for because that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, believe in me. Listen, you have to believe in him to abide in him, but you can believe in him and not abide in him. And you can believe in him and his words are not abiding in you. See, Jesus isn't offering a blank sign check for whatever you want he is offering you the ability and the opportunity for jesus to transform your life so that the things that you want are the things that god wants for you and that's why jesus can say if you abide in me and my words abide in you then you will ask what you want and it will be given to you because god changes our desires that's what happens in discipleship. God transforms our, as I like to like always say, our natural reactions to biblical responses. He changes the very things that we want, and when that happens, then we pray in accordance already with God's will because we're abiding in Jesus and we know God's word. And then it says, "By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit." So the vine dresser, the gardener is glorified by the fruitfulness that the trees that he is caring for produces. And he's like, and when that happens, that's how you know who my disciples are. So you could always know who a disciple is by the fruit that is being born in their life. And if it's all about discipleship, then the question for us should be, how am I doing growing in discipleship? That word literally means to be a learner of Jesus. Somebody who is known for who they are in Jesus. Now, if you want to know what discipleship is all about, listen to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26. Jesus says it this way. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So he's saying, look, if anybody wants to come after me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, first you deny yourself, then you take up your cross, and then you follow Jesus. Now, that's pretty provocative, isn't it? But really, it all ties together with, that, with exactly what we're saying. Because by denying yourself, what you're really saying is, I can't do this on my own, left to my own devices. I can't be a branch separated from the vine. So I deny myself by saying, I'm not going to do this on my own. Instead, I'm going to trust Jesus and I'm going to abide in Jesus. Right? So you deny yourself, you take up your cross. Now, that idea of taking up your cross, what it really speaks to is the fact that every single day, you and I need to keep ourselves umbilically connected to Jesus by abiding in him and not start to do it on our own. And I'll be honest with you, I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years and I catch myself lots of times doing things in my own strength, doing things with my own ideas, not really saying, listen, how would Jesus walk through this? This is like, well, this is how I do it. And I realized that that is a complete and total error because I'm not denying myself and taking up my cross. And of course, the cross is an instrument of death. Like, I remember when I realized that I used to see people wearing little crosses around their, you know, on their necklaces. And when I was a young person, I got one of those from my family. And I remember when I realized that that would be like having like a a necklace with like a noose on it or an electric chair. Or having like a necklace with a bullet, you know. It, It was, you know, the cross was a form of capital punishment. Now, it also shows the love of God, but it is a form of capital punishment. And so, when we're a disciple of Jesus, we deny ourselves. Every single day, we have to continually remember that we need to be dead to ourselves, and then we follow after Jesus, that we might experience the abundant life that God has for us.
1: Jesus is real. When you're drifting away from Jesus, it's evident You find you're shriveling up, becoming something different, something far from who you were with Jesus. It's because you lost the connection to your spiritual nutrition. As you learned today from Pastor Daniel, remaining attached firmly to Jesus is the only way to make it in this world. Evil wants to pull you away. Don't let it disconnect you from the tree of life.
0: Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey,
1: this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Click on the stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel starts to talk about the future. It's coming whether you're ready for it or not. While there's no way you can know exactly what God has in store for you, there is something you can do now to have an impact on it. You can work on you. By spending time letting Jesus mold and shape who you are now, you're setting your future self up to be a successful follower of Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.